High above First Street South in the frustrating city of Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen Burns Johnson, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Arthur Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are ethical consumption and grind. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. We got you got through that intro quick. We had lots of theme song at the end of it. Oh, did I? I mean, uh, it's just more. I'm just saying, like, what you know, I was efficient use of time. Stephen. I was trying to speed through the intro because I want to get to the main event. Holly, oh, Holly's geez. here. <laughs> Whoa! Hi. <laughs> hey. It's me, Holly. Longtime listeners will remember Holly Harrison, uh, perhaps the show's best friend. Uh, oh, has returned what? once again to brighten our doorstep. Oh, no. <laughs> it comes with no expectations. Don't worry. No, no, no. Do I have to be in your wedding? <laughs> I don't know why that's... The, the show fr- isn't dating... Well, no, well, the, the show, show is does have a boyfriend, someone. Dylan. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. well, he's never, you know, put a ring on it yet, so we're waiting on that. Dylan, yeah. where's that? Where's the ring? Yeah. Where's the ring? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why instead of, like, heartily accepting that compliment, I first thought of, like, what what I would need to provide and what how this duties? would draw on me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please don't say that. Sometimes when the show is feeling down, show up with pizza or something. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, for listeners who haven't heard you, um, I, uh, tell uh, them a little bit about yourself. I'm Holly. <laughs> oh, I should have been more prepared for this. Um, I am a writer and comms person for hire um, who plays a lot of games. Have I've worked in games and... Um, I, I think and post about games on the internet. And one of those places is uh, your uh, social media feed lobby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's on Instagram, a place where there aren't aren't many games. And, and so I don't know why I'm there instead of on Twitter. <laughs> um, it's at join lobby. Um, come for come for the hot takes. Stay for the uh, art of other people that I share in stories. Yes. Cool. And Holly, you're not just here to brighten our doorstep, although you were here for that. You also brought a topic with you. I did. Which is great for two reasons. One, it's an incredible topic. People are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just setting the standards, uh, setting the expectations now. I know you don't like that. <laughs> and second is, I was supposed to come up with a topic for today's episode, and I don't have to. So I'm hey. especially excited about this. You should have seen, seen him when we came up with the idea for you to come up with. He's like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good yeah, it's, that's you have to come up with a lot of topics. Yeah, in your life, you do. Now you just I can see why getting a week off feels great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Holly, you're talking about taking notes or having notes earlier, but like uh, listeners should know, Holly has many notes, both digital and handwritten. I don't. I have one page on an A5 size note. Bad. I mean, the standards that we set, I think that's pretty good. Observe, <laughs> observe the number of pages in front of Stephen and Mark and myself. I right. mean. There's, to be fair, we've got, laptops. A, we've got a laptop. <laughs> yeah, I was too lazy to, I guess. To, to plug in my tablet before yeah. I left, so I just shoved. I have a lot of office supplies because I do freelance work for two different office supply companies. So uh, yeah, I have more paper than I know what to do with. So I'm always. <laughs> I, I just grabbed this like out of the bag. It's Eight. one of 600 notebooks that have been thrust upon me, and I'm down. <laughs> um, I'm always ready. Yeah. But before we get into our topics for today, because we have also another one from Steven that's great as well, this, not to have you feel left out, um, <laughs> <laughs> we have some a little meta to talk about the show. Ellen, you have news on your PC, right? I thought I had the second topic. What? Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. 
<laughs> you didn't even have to. You don't even have to worry. I about told it. you, I did not have to prepare today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, a couple months, episodes, a while back, uh, I shared my plans for this year, which were to you know work on building my new PC, and then kind of got into looking at it, and it's like, well, it's a really terrible year to build a new PC. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I kind of had been putting it off a little bit until I figured out what to do. And now I get to put it off forever because <laughs> my husband surprised me with a new laptop for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Hey. 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 So um, my birthday was a while ago, but he, you know, it took him some time to get everything like put together and, you know, chipped to us. So he got me an Alienware M15R4, which oh my. is a lot of numbers, Yeah, which <laughs> I don't particularly like. The numbers? Well, I like I like those numbers uh-huh. because of what it means, right? But like learning what all the different numbers mean yeah. when it comes to hardware is really frustrating because like I feel like you have to follow a chain of like, you have to follow a product for a while before you really understand like well there's the thirty sixty and then there's the thirty seventy but the thirty ninety yeah. Like, yeah if you don't actually know what that if you haven't been following that for a while it's just numbers and it means nothing yep it's kind of like what math class was for me a lot. It's just here's a random problem in a book that has no meaning, mm-hmm. um, and until you actually have like a meaningful problem to apply those numbers to, it just kind of filters out of your brain and and it just becomes kind of muckety muck. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I care about the numbers in my laptop. It's really cool, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really neat, and I'm really excited. And I Steam was the second thing I installed, I think. Yep. And, yep. Wait, what was the first thing? A browser. It was, yeah, browser. It was, I'm, I'm not using Edge, I admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been playing Grease, G-R-I-S, Grease, Grease. Every time Grease? people say the name, I'm like, the song, the, the, the movie? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I was like, oh, what's No, that's Grease? not the one that you want. Yeah. <laughs> no. The country? <laughs> I see what you did there, Mark. <laughs> Grease. Um, the colors one. The colory yeah. platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty great because the music is fantastic and yeah. it's all environmental and it runs so smooth. Yeah. We talked about that game mm-hmm. a bunch on the show, including pretty recently. Yeah. And you hadn't played it yet. So this is, this is your first time playing it, right? Yeah, it's my first time playing it. So I'm, in, I'm playing it and it, it's not a very long game. So it won't take me very much time to get mm-hmm. through. Um, and then I will post on Twitter for what I should play next. Cool. Hey. So that's, that's that. That's mm-hmm. my computer news. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned like product numbers and like what. And, being annoyed at having to find out what they mean. I am drowning in that right now because, well, Ellen has uh, correctly, uh, or rather her husband has helped her correctly abandon the search to build a PC at this worst time in history to build one. Yeah. I am building one um, and I'm headlong into it. And not only am I building one, I'm building one with like rare parts and like it's hard to find a graphics card, but like it's hard for the, the computer I'm building to find a motherboard. And so uh, because I'm building a server class workstation that, that to replace my seven year old monster and um, it like the processors are insane. Like the numbers are. So there's some products that do this where the last number, like the, the ones digit is mm-hmm. the generational digit. Oh, and, and so you have to kind of like, oh, wait a minute. So the seven thousand four hundred and twenty one is le- is is less powerful than the 7124 what or yeah. something that's it, not how base like, 10 by like works. three generations or whatever and it's you have to you have to not think of them as numbers you need to think of them as like labels and nothing uh, else it's like different language for each manufacturer it's so to figure diff- out. It's unnecessary yeah. and you know even like the nvidia graphics cards w- where the the you know it's somewhat sensible 
um it stops at like 80 is the high end and then 90 is like the super high end like Mm -hmm. why why? like why is it why is it 89 why isn't it just eight and nine i don't know (laughs) did they do they expect and then they do the the uh, 3080 ti which is in between the it's like just call it 3085. Like, what's the yeah. what's the problem? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it makes no sense. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So you, in typical Mark fashion, are doing it on, like, heroic. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the heroic difficulty. It's just a pile of mistakes yeah. all up and down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was numbers talk. <laughs> yeah. In happier news, um, uh, listeners will have heard last week my talk about Noble Engine, the game engine that I'm making for the Playdate. Um, and in that talk, um, I mentioned that it's not public yet because the SDK for Playdate is not public. Yeah. That's still true, at least by the time we record this episode. But I have made the engine public on GitHub. So you can find it. I'll, the link will be in the show notes if you're interested in peeking around. Uh, it won't be much use to you until the Playdate SDK is public, but that should be soonish as well. And even before you can get hardware, if you've got the SDK, you can use a simulator. So you can get a lot out of it. So I, I, I'm looking for feedback on that um, to see where what it's missing, what it could do better, looking for bugs, stuff like that. So um, again, not much use to you yet, but it is public. And, so I, I, um, and the documentation is available. So I would love for people to see, even before they get a chance to use it, like, can you do you understand how it works? <laughs> Might be a good use case actually before you actually are able to. Yeah. Um. So if you're interested in taking a peek at that, I'm. I'm. It's new to me. I've never been a maintainer on an open source project, so um, it's kind of exciting and I'm a little bit nervous about it. Um. So I'm, but I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Ooh. Are there numbers that go with it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. Okay. Okay. No. <laughs> Too many numbers. I'm already confused. Uh huh. Um. Ellen, you went to the Serious Play conference? Yeah, so I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was an online conference this year. They've been doing it in person mostly since they started, but the last couple times I've been online because of the pandemic. And I volunteered this year to help, and that came that came with the responsibility of doing some light video editing, just so they uh-huh. have like good recordings to share with people who attended. Um, and that also means that I didn't get to go to a lot of sessions, no. but I have access to all the recordings Ah. so i have marked all the ones that i want to do and watch and i think i'll be just doing that this week Mm -hmm. watching some recordings and i'll share what i learn the next time we record Mm -hmm. how was the volunteer process like or experience rather you know it was it was pretty good um there must have been a lot of volunteers because you know they have like a technical host for each of the sessions Mm -hmm. right and they had like a bunch of different tracks like healthcare and corporate and I think government slash military and this, you know, serious play is all about using games and game design for mainly for training, um, training purposes and educational purposes. And they had like a K-12 track and a higher ed track and things like that. So they had like a volunteer who was responsible for like starting each session, introducing each of the guests, so each of the speakers, and then like monitoring questions and things like that and making sure the session got recorded. And they had, you know, like five or six tracks that's five or six volunteers and then i don't know if those volunteers were working all three days of the conference but if they weren't then that's even more mm-hmm. and then they had a bunch of people helping with their recordings and i only did the recordings for one day so there must have been a lot of volunteers and it went pretty well for me it's just you know quick quick get to know you meeting and then they sent the instructions via email and they they worked as written <laughs> yeah and just isn't always a given. No, yeah. No, it's not. Um, 
And I had a couple of questions and they were really responsive. So I think it went really well. That's great. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm excited to watch all the recordings and yeah. write lots of notes in my notebook. <laughs> and I'll feel like Holly when I do now. <laughs> if you need more notebooks, just hit me up. For sure. Okay. <laughs> yep. You've got too many of them. I got already. them in every size. <laughs> just bring me a bag the next time we... Yeah, like a paper bag, and we'll just like pass it under the I mean, table. I'm still going to school, so I might have to, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yep. Do you need any paper? I've got a, I've got a person. Got a <laughs> Seriously, I have so many stacks of post its. You have post its? Yeah, one of the companies I'm working for is is 3M. So, yep, I have a whole line of post its, and then on the other side, I have a whole line of compostable, minimal office goods. Okay, well. Hey. I'm all about those post-its, so we'll we'll talk later. Yeah. <laughs> Behind in an alley somewhere. Yeah, I guess. Like a uh, <laughs> illicit pre-post-it. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, should we move on to the to the main event, which is Holly first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Yay. <laughs> all right. So I should just kick off and start talking. Yeah. yeah. Great. And I will, um, I will just relax for this portion of the show. <laughs> no, I really need you to contribute. Aww. So <laughs> fine. So there is a uh, saying that's a good saying for a reason: is that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which is um, abundantly true. Like you buy an avocado and you're fueling the drug trade, and that sucks. Yeah. Um, but you're also helping farmers, and it's complicated. And right. every single purchase you can multiply this time after time after time is is fraught somehow because people are greedy um not not consumer well yes consumers but people at the top of the companies that are making the things you need to buy are greedy yes um full stop (laughs) (laughs) um but games are and like if if you follow games news at all it's you know it's just like uh wave after wave of scandals and controversies, mm-hmm. whether it's um, about like crunch culture at a company or um, just like rampant toxic harassment at a company, yeah. um, all the way over to um, gamesindustry.biz um, does a series or did a series because it was Rebecca Valentine, who's I believe at IGN now. Yeah, We'll see if it gets picked up again this year. But it was about um, all the like SEC filings that game hardware makers uh, have to file um, about <laughs> whether whether their products um, use conflict minerals. <laughs> so wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. like yeah. you, yeah, you can go deep. <laughs> Real deep. Okay, you, you can go. There's there's lots of directions to be like. Oh, nothing. And I can't can't put my money anywhere. That's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, and but like before, I um, wanted to come to that conclusion. I was doing some like research at let's say a very reasonable hour last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, sitting up on my computer and not like on my phone with my glasses off in bed <laughs> right, um, right. and uh, found a Vogue article so not games related but um, that really summed it up pretty well um, it's from a couple of years ago and the title is is there really such a thing as ethical consu- consumerism excuse me um, by Maya Singer um, and I screen capped I mean, diligently took notes in a, an official way. <laughs> um, like the way that uh, Maya Singer, the writer, breaks it down is really good. Um, so they're talking about buying a new, needing a new pair of running shoes. Um, and it goes, uh, do I buy one brand's shoe made entirely from sea garbage, but in a sweatshop in Southeast Asia? Or do I buy from a brand with no environmental commitments that produces in a unionized factory here in the U.S.? 
What if the brand that produces domestically is led by a CEO with hashtag me too complaints? Mm. What if there's another sneaker brand that signed a deal with Colin Kaepernick? And I like Colin Kaepernick. My point is values compete um, and ethical values lose some of their charge when they're thrown into contention with the ele- with elemental shopping values like function, style, convenience and price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the writer pointed to some research that said something like 51 percent of consumers broadly say that they want their companies to be more ethical but when it comes like it's not 51 percent of consumers who are strictly buying from places that have the best practices because when it comes down to it you're just you're crushed for time and when you do that research you like you multiply that same thing over and over again across like your groceries across your medicine like in your in um when your games you like there's it starts to feel like there's no right answer right right um Though they did, um, <laughs> people people kind of respond to polls um, as citizens and like ideal citizens rather than as private consumers, which mm-hmm. kind of explains some of that. Um, so all of this leads me down to games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Games are a luxury product, so yes. you get to kind of. I, I guess you it's not quite as down to the wire and you can right, and yeah. we're also in a kind of like a golden not a necess, okay that doesn't not a golden era of playing games I would say like there's more games than you could ever right, right. possibly finish mm-hmm. yes. and so yeah. you can speak with your wallet if you choose um, though that's not really the only way to get things done so um, yeah I'll just I'll just open it up with how do you become a more ethical consumer of games? Like what, where, like what battles do you pick? Are you, do you um, really want to stand against crunch? Do you want to stop buying games from companies that have like well-documented harassment? Right. Um, right. Are you, are you watching those conflict minerals? (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it gets, it gets extremely complicated. Yeah. When you like really get, if you really start looking into these things. And I think a lot of uh, gamers, consumers don't, it's not that they don't care; it's that they don't hear about it. They don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. That, I and mean, it's I, exhausting to think about it. Yes, exactly. Right, right. Yeah, like, so I don't know. Is it more energy friendly to be buy- downloading games, or is like the servers actually worse than production of the CDs <laughs> and the plastic yeah. cases that it comes? Right. In? You know, right. I think it's not just that. It's if if I'm someone who feels that I'm living an ethical life and I yeah. like I recycle, I I compost, I I I, I research my sneaker companies. Mm-hmm. But when I play games, I just want to have fun. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's almost yeah. like the harder challenge of finding like a way to ethically buy your groceries is more um, approachable to people generally than finding out if they're if they're like you know sort of like frivolous goods are even though they have a greater power in those regions because they're less necessary to their yeah. lives. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say that with this, as with anything, like the the main changes have to happen at the top, right? Yes. We mm-hmm. like it's important that we're all recycling and biking and that's good and like but as we were discussing earlier one person doing that isn't a linchpin right. you can mm-hmm. set an example and make more people do that but what needs to change is like legislation mm-hmm. uh, regulation and just companies need to lead the way so right. yeah yeah um and in the absence of regulation how much how much guilt should we feel at an individual level mm-hmm. because we know it's not on our shoulders right i think we, there's been enough education recently to know that like it isn't the single consumer yeah. that yep. is the, that is the only that is the most important thing yes um, i I'm, I'm glad you bring that up cuz this reminds me of meat eating meat yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um because often like i i i mean 
Because you're not going to stop. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and my reasoning for it, I mean, it's uh, half of it is selfish reasons. I love meat and I don't want to get rid of it. Uh-huh. But um, well, it's important to recognize that. Like, yeah, you know, like, gonna... and it doesn't remove you from the conversation. You yeah. still get to have a voice, yeah. even but, when you admit to those. But things. I also like uh, my other reason is that like me not eating meat is not going to be is not going to save the world. Yeah, like it has to be something that has changed. Like the entire way that meat is created mm-hmm. um, has to be changed in order for us, in order for that to be fixed. And me not eating meat is, I guess, sort of me taking a stand on it. Yeah. But like, I can also just decry all of those things and still eat chicken. Yeah. So right, yeah, <laughs> it's a little column A, and column B, right? Yeah. So like, I know when I see um, <laughs> your your standard listicle about how to be how to be a better consumer, a more green consumer, or whatever, yeah. it's like have one meal a week without meat and i'm like i'm already doing that yeah <laughs> and also but and it seems so small and it, and it is because mm. like you said it's people at the top who need to take more responsibility right but at the same time it's like what if everyone had one meal a week without yeah. meat i guess that would make a difference yeah um not just literally but it also sets a standard right it, right it, yeah. it um like voting with your wallet doesn't isn't that phrase doesn't mean that you are making a difference it's that you as a member of a class yes right, will make a difference like if it's not profitable to do something that is unethical, it won't be done. Yeah. Yes. And uh, one part um, that seems to be happening across industries um, and in games too is that public outcry does make a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll take uh, Ubisoft, for example. Ubisoft has had has a long documented history of just really nasty, toxic culture. Um, and and that was known within the company. Um that was known to people in HR who were essentially covering it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until that leaked out and everyone flipped that Ubisoft was like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll put it, we'll make some changes. Yeah, right. um, and that, and that, that applies elsewhere too. Um, and it makes a big difference when big companies change a standard. I'm not, I don't know if you, I've last, I heard Ubisoft like things It sounded like things internally didn't feel like they were changing that much, but um, that the, the, the list that they, produced of all the things they wanted to change did look really good to mm-hmm. to their credit. Yeah. Um but like it it if if all these big companies start being really public about what they're doing to either change their cultures, um really like change their culture of like toxicity or crunch or what they're doing um to be more ethical overall, mm-hmm. um paying their employees better. If all of these things are really public and known other big companies will follow suit is the idea if yeah. everyone commits to like okay we're going to stop doing x um and it starts at ea or yeah. something then hopefully all the little guys will follow um you see that a little bit with like loot boxes everyone right. kind of turned on loot boxes as a gambling mechanic mm-hmm. um and it takes more companies to be like you know, we've we figured figured out how to make our games addictive but we see <laughs> that maybe that's not great maybe yeah. we should uh, all agree that we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing that. Right, the PR hit finally was enough to impact, the, if not the bottom line, like projections out to the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah. If we if we if EA becomes the company that only makes games with loot boxes, then that <laughs> that that even though that's, that remains profitable, that might be now in this in the environment that has been set. Maybe that means we won't be able to attract talent. Maybe we won't mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. attractive products. And so whether we can make them addictive, but that's only once we have the customer. So like, I think there's, there's a lot of calculations to go. I think that's a case where it's like, 
I think it's pretty crass the calculations that go into making those changes. Yeah. But who cares if it, if if progress yeah. gets made, right? Yes. Yeah. It's and and the 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 worst part of many worst parts is that it's not hard for companies to make big changes like this. Yeah. They just need the outcry and the push to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And like to that point, I think we all have a we all have roles to play. So let's say your pet project is I don't want to see. <laughs> This is so, so silly to phrase it like a pet project. Let's say your pet project is getting people livable wages. Uh-huh. Um, so like when the CEO of a company can yeah. essentially buy the moon and their like devs are living in their cars, that's yeah. that's a problem. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You don't just like say, I'm not going to buy games anymore from Evil Corp. Um, like I'm going to speak out about not buying games from Evil Corp. And I'm going to see right. like if... Is there some kind of legislation in the works in this state for livable wages that I can speak up about and call a senator and be like, hey, you know, this really affects me because because my friends at Evil Corp are really <laughs> having a bad time. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's impactful. So it's not just speaking with your wallet. It's speaking yeah. with your wallet and then holding places accountable. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I mean, w- those of us in the industry, um, I mean, it depends on like your situation and things. This isn't always an option, but like you can opt to, you know, not work or support um, companies. Evil Corp. Evil Corp. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, we we can we can vote with our abilities, our feet, our feet, <laughs> your talent. Yeah, your abilities. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So like that is an option too. Um, and it's not always. I mean, I think it's like Evil Corp is a handy metaphor. Yeah. But it's not always Evil Corp. It's yeah, right? it's, it's 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 some well-meaning, but, uh, you know, group doing evil. Like, yes. right. And like the people at the, the like C-suite at Evil Corp is the problem. You right. still want the other folks to be able to eat. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You want. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the argument that goes around um, when there there are big critiques of uh, just the the working yeah. culture at companies. They're like, yeah, well, there's lots of good people there. And that's true. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. want if you want things to be better for them, you you should be part of the people who are trying to hold the C-suite at Evil Corp. I have like a little, I think we probably are thinking along the same lines, but I feel like I have a bit of a hot take on this because I think a lot of people in, a lot of developers tend to fall on that. Like, well, don't don't boycott The Last of Us Part 2. Mm-hmm. It's not, because there's so many people who worked on that game. Yeah. And to part of me is like, I don't, I mean, that's sort of giving into the, the, like, I, I I don't know. I feel like, yeah, boycott Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, like, like they already they're not waiting. Like half those devs are getting fired anyway because <laughs> right between they already projects, got like, their paycheck. Yeah, like, it, yeah. Last of Us Part Two success doesn't determine whether they've right. been paid for their work on the Last of Us Part Two. Hopefully, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, sometimes it is, but like it's it's like the, it's like um yeah. This is in, in an example where I feel I do feel trapped into making an unethical choice is like uh, tipping service workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like I've I feel. I mean, it's one of my most strongest ideological, like political beliefs, is that tipping is regressive and sexist and racist, and it needs to be replaced with livable wages. Like mm-hmm. the entire system promotes, it's bad for the customer. It's bad for it's. There's nothing good about it. Mm-hmm. But I can't bring myself to not tip yeah. as as a as a measure of action, even though it right. might make a difference. In you know, if enough people did it, I can't. I can't. I can't cross that right because those people are already making minimum wage it's, and they can't. Yeah. It's so it's so specific. My action is so close to the to it. Yeah, like yeah. it feels like. And so I w- I wish I could 
in in a way like do that but i feel that the, again competing interests competing jobs yeah, right? right but in the case of boycotting the last of us part two like or, or or not not playing a kojima game because yeah maybe he's not as sexist as he used to be but he's still pretty sexist like <laughs> yeah for I'm, 2021 it's still pretty rough. i feel like it's pretty mm-hmm. easy for me to say I will stand up for those values. And mm-hmm. and I have to admit, it's because it's kind of easy for me. Yeah. Know, I'm able to do that. Yeah. But so I, I take some umrage with people who, who are like, ah, it won't make a difference. And that's the reason they don't bother. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there's, it's interesting when you were talking about like not like you feel compelled to tip, even though, you know, systematically, like it's not a healthy system. Yeah. Um, and that is really built into this like psychological wiring we have that things that are you know people that are immediately in front of us yes. are more more easily become part of the tribe than uh-huh. these abstract humans somewhere else mm-hmm. right so when you it, it absolutely makes sense that it would be difficult not to tip i feel the same way about the system of tipping and i never not tip i never not tip superfluously like right. always do because i'm dealing I, at that point the decision is about I ha- what impact do i have on this individual yes. mm-hmm. rather than how do i impact the system overall yeah and I feel like I was going to tie that back to games and I forgot. <laughs> so I'm going to look well, at Holly. I, well, maybe. <laughs> may, <laughs> well, Ellen, maybe you were getting to the point where it's like I was saying it's easier to do that with games. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're saying it actually is very similar. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's easier for me and others to do that with games is because I'm not literally handing my credit card to that person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, as Holly, you were saying, like their work when the game is released and you were faced with the decision, do I purchase this game or do I not purchase this game? they most cases the people who have worked on the game have already done the work and they've already been compensated for the mm-hmm. game is out yeah right. the game right. is finished that's another question for another episode yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know that you're you're not re- you don't have a direct influence on whether they got paid for that work what you are influencing with your decision in a small way is whether the same structures will be used to create a game down the future. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Um, right. You're proving whether or not crunch is profitable. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Maybe your actions there are actually like not buying last of us part two might actually make more of a difference than not tipping somebody at Applebee's. Like not only is it easier to do it actually that your individual action is a slightly larger way. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're actually like pointing, you're aiming at yeah. the right people at that point rather than yeah. like the, the server who can't help that they're paid three dollars an hour. Yeah, right, right. yeah, um, yeah. I so I agree with all of these points. Uh-huh. I didn't buy Last of Us Part Two because <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mean to. I mean listeners who like and played and enjoyed the hell out of that game, which is very good. Like, yeah, I, I hope I hope that this doesn't feel as an indictment, but maybe just, maybe you know, it is example. a little bit of it. Like, yeah, I, I, well, yeah. part of standing up for it is to, but I, I want to, I I do want to be, I want to be careful to like I'm not getting on anybody's case well, individually. And that's what I was going to bring up is like we're we're talking about really well. I'm going to argue The Last of Us Part 2 is not a really good game, but that's, that's, that's me, me. That's me, me, and me. Yeah. Um, but, like, if, if you're really interested in a game, like, if I if I discovered that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was developed in, in I don't know, in Switch Stop sort of situation or something uh-huh. like that, I would... Well, you think Sakurai is not overworked? Don't. Oh, no. He... <laughs> The impression <laughs> I get is he does to that defend. to himself. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, which we, I don't appreciate either, don't. but <laughs> I've done some serious soul searching on some of these things. <laughs> well, actually, Smash is a good example because, like, I, I don't remember if I talked about it on the show before, but, like, Smash went through a whole uh, the, 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 the competitive community and went through, like, a whole. Um, oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, I will link to something in it because I don't want to describe it exactly. But, anyways, it was, it was very, it's very, it was very bad, very bad. Um, 
And I like was very like conflicted and like me. I haven't like I haven't really played Super Smash Brothers much since because like I feel very conflicted. Like if I'm playing the game and watching the tournaments and stuff, am I supporting this kind of behavior? I know that they did some work to like fix some of that, but I know that not a, not a lot of the work that needs to get done has gotten done and things like that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, should I even be a part of this community? Do I feel welcome here? I don't know if this is good um, for me to be a part of. Um, but I really love Super Smash Brothers. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, the point is, and it, it can feel like this when you're trying to take any stand on anything. Yeah. Say like you want to consume more like diverse and feminist TV. Yes. Yeah. All of a sudden, like you like all your faves are problematic. Nothing's like very few things are going to meet the bar, and it kind of it can send you into a spiral of like yep. nothing's good. Yep. I can't enjoy things. Yeah. And and like that's that's part of the backlash, which is silly because you can enjoy things. Um. But, you know, you should be able to, like, pick your battles, pick what's super important to you, like, take a hard stance on, like, if I hear that this company did crunch or, like, if I see if this small company has a lot of turnover and that seems really suspicious to me, no more games from them. Um, Or, like, I really want to play this game, but I do feel like I should. I'm compelled to speak out a little bit about what's the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Which was something I was going to mention, um, speaking of Ubisoft, when Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. sometime last year Mm -hmm. uh i just like went through as many um as many reviews of the game as i could find Mm -hmm. to see how many of them mentioned the like very recent um surge of stories and allegations about their like really bad culture yeah and it was like i just fit as many as i could in a tweet and of like 14 different reviews that i read Four of them mentioned the like conditions the game was made in, mm-hmm. and ten of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Which we know from like IGN recently publishing and then pulling down something about like resources for Palestine yeah. that like reporters don't get a final say on those things, mm-hmm. and it's very possible that they're putting mm-hmm. it forward and they're cutting it because the the outlets have relationships with people at um, these companies, right. or yeah. the reporter has a relationship with a PR person and. It's not it's not necessarily like dirty, like, oh, I won't mention that like bad thing that happened at Ubisoft. Right. It's yeah. it's like this is my friend and I don't want to tear them down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's part of the mm-hmm. that's part of the speaking truth to power thing too. Like it's it, it can be a mass of tweets and it can also be for, for people who are less um have don't have their like finger on the pulse of what's happening in game news all the time. Um, it can be helpful if you are the kind of person who looks at a review to pull up that review, see like, this is what's fun about the game. This is what doesn't work about the game. And here are the conditions this game was made in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's, you need to know that people crunched really hard for this, like that their company has X, Y, Z problems and, and oh, and they're like funding conflict in the <laughs> Democratic Republic of Congo by using the tin from there right that, yeah. That, yeah. that's the deepest cut like i don't think anyone <laughs> but games <Yeah>. industry <laughs> dot biz is going to be doing that right. but um I, I think it's important that i think media has a yeah. part to play there too well in 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 as a consumer like you can do that you can do that work too that that um acknowledgement that like there are problematic things in this in this media that you're consuming um and even though you are consuming it like i think it's important to recognize that these issues exist with the with the creation or the or yeah, the, the, yeah. the don't game wait itself. don't wait for Polygon to devote a paragraph to it in the, yeah. the review like yeah. assume that's a topic for every game and it's not it's not that big a burden to just like just check like, on it yourself yeah you know um and then there may not be information out there and then maybe you feel comfortable making a decision in ignorance and that's okay sometimes because we definitely are in that situation all the time as consumers but like don't wait for it to become a big viral topic 
Right. Right. Yeah. And like I said, we have, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have more games than I have hours in a day um, and more games than I have money in my wallet. <laughs> so like, it's not, it's not hard for me to be, I mean, like it, I, I bought and played last of us part two knowing <gasps> I know <laughs> because I love that, that franchise. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, it's also not hard for me to like, like this is less of um this is more narrative than like strict like ethics. Mm-hmm, but sure. um, I I try not to play games that don't have a like diverse crew behind them mm-hmm. or in the game. Yeah. Um, like as the face of the game, if you have like no female characters or no characters of color in your game, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and at this point in the world of making games that's easy for me that means i miss a lot of big titles mm-hmm. um but i'm i have a huge backlog of cool indies that that are ready for my time and yeah. my yeah. my devotion and my excitement yeah. yeah um that like i can skip it's, Ubisoft's it's good you bring recent. that up because i think that that touches i mean it's very related it's very on point to what we've been discussing but it also veers into something a little bit um adjacent which is um like like ethical art or ethical narrative like what what do you want to see what stories do you want to see in games told yeah and and that's something where I, I feel pretty strongly about where I tend to like as I've gotten older I'm much less tolerant of games with uh, with uh, like realistic violence mm-hmm. um, basically not not because I actually find anything particularly wrong with it it's just I want less of it yeah like I want fewer yeah. I'm perfectly I mean there's a, the military shooter can survive in my in my view. I know people have different opinions on that, but I don't. I don't want. I don't want as many of them as there are. I yeah. Um, and when I say military shooter, I'm including things like PUBG, like things where you like run around with a AK. Like that's the kind of game where it's like we just we can have them, but maybe we can have fewer of them. And so yeah. I think about that as and that I that's not that doesn't rise to the level necessarily of the other topics we've been talking about, but it does. It, it's close to it. And I think I do think about that a lot. Yeah. 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 I was really um, pretty floored for a minute when I found out that um, uh, who does Call of Duty Activision? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they have like a, <laughs> a fund that's specifically to help um, veterans find or like I think the font the, the fund gives money to companies that specialize in like job training for veterans. Yeah. And I was oh. like, that's great. Like that makes me feel better. And then I was like, oh no, this is like a publicity drop in the bucket. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad that they have that and mm-hmm. they acknowledge it. That <laughs> yeah. But it's still just like, uh Yeah, there was a um uh listeners may have heard of this. There was a promotional event for a, a game that was uh, made some news recently because it was um uh, journalists were taken to like a um like a shooting range kind of like escape room style oh, wow. adventure game kind of thing and uh the game's developers were like oh let's dress up the the combatants to be like the enemies in our game and then people the uh, journalists who had no idea what they were going in for but yeah and this used to be a kind of thing that happened all the time in like the early 2000s it was this mm. kind of like these sort of like um press junkets that were like little little like you know uh, pop-up experiences or whatever meant to get people excited and the journalists don't have a lot of patience with that anymore but apparently some people liked this one but it also happened to show a lot of people uh, in like traditional sort of like uh, Arab attire, yeah. all played by uh, you know white people, oof. like oh. in this sort of like role playing thing, and it was very disconcerting and very out of time. And it was it was this you know it's a service that's you know uh, um like it's like a little adventure thing you could do on the weekend with anybody, but like mapped to a video game and a video game experience, it it had it took on an even more like um uh, uh like uh sort of 
it's the ignorance of it was was the yeah. shocking part. It's like, right. how do they not realize that this would come off badly? Yeah. And right. not just come off badly, but like just be really harmful as a thing. Yeah. And and then you're like, oh, I guess I could. It's just this sort of like, oh, we still have enough of that in the industry uh, from like PR firms and game developers, especially lots of like European game developers who make like shooter games for Americans. That's mm. a sort of a very common thing now. Mm. They tend to be woefully ignorant of a lot of the the cultural context that that is slowly coming into American developers, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, sensibilities. And so a lot of that is uh, it's just I don't know. It's we'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's one of those cases where it's like, oh yeah, we make a lot of progress, but sometimes you just you you get you still see this like how backwards some of this stuff is. Right. Yeah. It's the same. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who makes like a game that's based on a real life war they'll be like well our game's not political i'm like your game has ronald reagan in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i don't like Literally war politics. is political yeah stop stop yeah. it right right yeah it's amazing how quickly you you like actual conditions games are being made of made made under and things that games depict there there is a lot of relation to the, those things and and part of i think what that we can do as individuals is to like it, like we do this in movies too, like when you know there are certain films we don't go see for, for certain reasons, and I think games tend to be seen as like partly because gameplay is what attracts people. Like there's mm-hmm. there are a lot of players, people who don't care about what the story is; they just want to play the game. Yeah, and so it's it, you tend to have larger audiences for subject matter that might not be as as approachable on its own or, or as popular on its own. And I think sometimes it's very hard to say, I don't want to play this fun ass game because <laughs> it's the story bothers me if, if I'm not the person who cares about story. Yeah. And, and I think um, I, w- I would love if more people cared about the whole package, you know, and that's something we can do, I think, is setting a standard for ourselves as consumers. And, you know, if our friends aren't playing those games for those reasons, then then it's less fun for that reason, you know? Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> well, long story long, you can enjoy games. Um, Please enjoy games. Uh, you can <laughs> That's also. How I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> you can also say find reasons to say no to games and then yeah. shout them out. Yeah, I mean, as developers, I mean, certainly us at the table and, and our audience, like one of the things that that it, there's some benefit to like a, a a a an audience growing in these areas is that you can make games that are better than what's out there. And like, maybe that mm-hmm. will, that maybe that's, that's another thing that we can do as game developers is to, is to like not feed into those things. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sort of kind of goes without saying this whole topic, but I think maybe we should say it like, you know, like yeah. aud- audit your own creative process, your own working situation. Um, and that includes just if you're a single person dev or a team of four, or you are on a team of 20 or whatever, like um, speak out at work, you know, um, if you're not part of the creative energy or creative team that developed the story for your game, but you have a problem with it, find an avenue to make it known. See mm-hmm. if you can have an impact, you know? Yeah. Yes. And we've seen so much movement for the better in a lot of places, including like we didn't even touch on like accessibility. This yeah. has become thankfully a hot topic in games mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like it's <laughs> like the basis most clear discrimination is being like, I'm putting these tiny subtitles in. Sorry for anyone who's deaf hard of hearing mm. <laughs> you don't get to experience this yeah. game like mm-hmm. anyone else um and same with like i mean and it, it as environments where games are made change the games change too yeah. um like and that's basic things like having a more diverse group of devs is going to get you a my more like well a more sensitive story and also usually and <laughs> more um 
diverse characters if you have a game that has characters in it. If you yep. don't have anyone, if you cannot see a single woman working in your office or queer person or like person of color, you're less likely likely to be like, you know what, that's that's someone we should see in our game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, you can really get into the minutia if you want. You can mm-hmm. be like, I, I will only play games that uh have a div- a diverse cast and also have full time people who reflect that cast in the company. Yeah. Versus like this this game wanted to bring in lots of elements that like uh are representative of indigenous cultures and they just like brought in like one indigenous person to like fact check it at the end and make sure it wasn't too offensive right, right. <laughs> and yeah and you, like you decide bucks. what's important to you yeah. you don't have to grab everything from the bucket of concerns no but because you're just one person if everyone grabs a couple of things from that bucket then it will all move forward yep yeah right. yep tweet more angrily yeah. that's the <laughs> <laughs> or at, not angrily poor like yeah. social media manager's job is in front and, and they're not the ones making the decisions <laughs> so you can just be like dear to who am i concerned can you send this to the person who's responsible i know it's not you okay bye <laughs> to, yeah. it, uh, to whom it may concern i really hope people adopt that as a way to start their angry <laughs> i think that really sets the standard like yeah. I'm, I'm mad but not at you they yeah can in- you send this to your boss's boss's boss because yeah. they're the problem <laughs> they should increase the, t- the twitter limit to that amount of characters yeah, yeah. you just yeah. need an acronym yeah no it should be the same limit but if you, boss. But if yeah. you add that at the beginning you get those extra characters yes with yes. a toggle you check that you want to include this at the beginning of your tweet yes check yeah or you can put that as the image yeah mm. see Holly you thought we'd end this topic on a downer <laughs> I did that's why I was like don't put me second because the end will just be like there's no way to, to do good in games mm-hmm. everyone go home <laughs> well I think there is a good way it just takes a lot of work yeah a lot of yelling mm-hmm. I like yelling yeah, yeah. <laughs> team yell Let's do the call to action. (laughs) (laughs) So Holly, Mm -hmm. you do you do you do this thing on Instagram, right? (laughs) Yes. Called 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 lobby. Yes, the handle is at join lobby. At join lobby. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Thanks. I've seen it on Twitter. But it's also, but it's mostly on Instagram. Yes, I recently locked the Twitter because I was like, hey, I don't have enough time to do, to edit these images, to repost them on Twitter. There's a lot. Um, And there's not much, not much by way of games content on Instagram. So um, it's nice to be filling in the tiniest little Yeah, you're carving in your own thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. Surely. Like a a drip turning into a river. (laughs) Yes. And with that river, you become strong. The, the, the strong river of opinions <laughs> yes on video games culture yes it's got that and it's got really good art too thank like you it's got a good art direction yeah i um i'm not a designer by trade but i get asked to do a lot of it for work things um because anyone who i don't know graduated college after the year 2000 <laughs> um and is in any kind of like marketing-y field you're kind of expected to be a unicorn um well especially if you've worked at nonprofits and startups like i have where they're just like you need to manage every part of this you need to make the image for it you need to write the copy you need to figure out how to pay for the ad um so that's that's my way of saying yes graphics they're important <laughs> fonts they're fun yes um Making stuff look nice is kind of the point of Instagram, though not not really. There's lots of like great 
ugly meme accounts and I share their content all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can get all that and more. Join Lobby. (laughs) Yeah, follow at Join Lobby and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll feed you the things you should be thinking about the news of the day. Yeah, I, I don't have much of a good segue into this. It's been really hot lately, but and that was a grind, and then it rained, and it wasn't anymore. Uh-huh. I mean, if you want like a bad segue, you can be like, speaking of endless labor. <laughs> Things yeah. that take forever and are never finished. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Speaking of working fruitlessly. Topic grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so why do I want to talk about grind? Um, I really actually want to understand it. I want to talk about it mm-hmm. because talking about things helps me understand things. And I want to understand more about grind, um, more about my reaction to it as a player. Oh. Uh, but also from a design perspective because I'm really interested in that too. But, uh, but mainly this came up because I just want to understand why some games the grind is frustrating. And then for some games that are all still grindy, have like the same design dynamic, um, the grind is not frustrating. And so I wanted to kind of delve into what grind is and why we use it and what, you know, how it makes players feel and why that might be different. And and that's my topic. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... It's just so one of those. It's one of those words where you feel like, oh yeah, everyone knows what it means. But then you actually start thinking about it. You're like, wait, what does it mean? Because yeah, yeah. the term grind it's it's used as like a description of gameplay, but it's also used as like an emotional reaction to gameplay. Yes, like mm-hmm. when you talk about a game being grindy, you know, like you're talking about the emotional experience of the game mm-hmm. um, as, at certain points in the game. Um, so I googled it like you do mm-hmm. when you're preparing for a podcast session, <laughs> and you know, found a bunch of different things. But like the main consensus that I saw in the different sources, which we will link in the show notes, is, hey, it's the gameplay loop. Uh, there was this really great thread on um, one of my favorite subreddits called True Gaming when they were talking about why is grinding in games so popular. And one of the responses there, in a nutshell, basically said, well, it's just the gameplay loop and you just do the gameplay loop over and over again. And that's just the nature of grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was a good place to start. But it didn't feel complete to me. So I'm going to offer my own not on Google until this moment definition of Mm -hmm. grind. Um, And that is it's the gameplay loop, but it's the gameplay loop taking the player through the same content multiple times. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In service of an in-game goal. Um, So it's going through the same content multiple times as a means of progressing towards an in-game goal that doesn't pertain to the player's skill. And that last piece was really important to me because when I think of grind, I don't think of like, I personally don't think of like, I'm trying this boss for the 18th time. That doesn't feel grindy to me because for like if, if that's the thing that's happening, it's because I have a lack of skill. And maybe people use the term grind to, to refer to that. But when I'm thinking about like designing a pattern into a game, um, I don't think of that as grind. I think of that as difficulty. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So like Thoth, for instance, that last level on Thoth, the main, the main like 60 some levels of Thoth, that last one, with all the red parts and squiggly worms. Yes. If you played it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it took a lot of attempts for me to beat that level. And I mean, a lot because it's a hard game and I'm not very good at 
twitch reflex games it takes a lot of work for me to to be good at those things so it took me a lot of practice to be able to beat that level yeah but i didn't grind it out because i didn't i didn't gain anything in the game that then gave me an advantage right i just got better at playing it right there wasn't any progress in the game right right ultimately so like you didn't move you didn't progress the game did not progress you progressed as a character didn't get some kind of buff from doing it over and over right it was just you're just doing it over and over. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. You can play that. You can compare that to like the grind that happens in a roguelike or in World of Warcraft, for mm-hmm. instance. Like that is literally you're just going and you're doing your dailies and you're getting the gold so that you can pay for the thing so yeah. you can play the next part, next part of the game. Yeah. Or right. so you can play the same part of the game better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is a grind. Like the, that's a grind dynamic. Yeah. So the difference then is like it, it, it's the gameplay loop, but mm-hmm. you're not actually playing the game. Right. You're just going through the motions. Right. It's not it's not like, you know, when you when you are like traversing through a, a level and you're beating up these guys and beating up these guys and beating up this boss. It's it's kind of the same thing over and over again. But like the difference between that, but that's a challenge. You could fail it and be set back. Whereas the grind is just sort of like, you know, you're going to win and you just do it over and over. It, it's there's no. Yeah. It, well, I, you know, you're going to progress. Yeah, even though yeah. the mechanics are the same and the feels yeah. are sort of the same. Like um, I'm I'm at this point in Ratchet and Clank now, the mm-hmm. the new one, where um, I'm getting to the end of the story, but I'm so close to having everything upgraded perfectly. Mm-hmm. And who cares? Because you know, but like I'm like, well, I'm gonna see if I can get the last bit of it. And so I go through the like arena challenges, and they're all enemies that like at this point it's not a ch- like I'm good enough at the game now, mm-hmm. and and with these weapons, and so that feels like a, I'm enjoying that grind, but like which is unusual for me, but it is definitely a grind mm-hmm. where I'm not, I never feel at risk of losing. Or if I did, there's no consequence. Um, it's just to count up to the next thing or whatever. Yep. Whereas doing that exact same thing in the process of playing through a level, like upgrading the things as it happens, like that's not a grind, even though yeah. it's literally the identical activity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what the the poster on that thread um, was talking about by, by, you know, saying that grind is the gameplay loop. Like I think, it, yeah, you're playing the game and it is a gameplay loop, but there's there it, there's something different and i think well i think i captured it pretty well in the definition (laughs) (laughs) you missed that jump back 10 seconds (laughs) um but it's the it's the fact that has to be the same content and it's not pertaining to a block in your skill it's basically just it's a it's a staircase in the middle of nowhere that you have to climb and put effort towards you know you're gonna get towards the top you just gotta put in the time Yes. Um. And sometimes that's fun, and sometimes it's not, and that's where the conversation will get really interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's at the top of that staircase? Is it just you're now done with it, or is it the next part of the game? Because because it could be skin you really want. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Don't it, look at me, Holly. How <laughs> <laughs> you gonna call me out like that yeah. in the podcast? I invited you here. <laughs> you are a guest at this table. <laughs> And though no. so I'm not like contributing actively to, to this grind, I'm like, how can I help? <laughs> you did it. Sorry, um, sorry, Mark. I cut you off to like make an in joke with Steven. Well, I think the reason it's probably hard to describe is like Ellen, like you pretty much nailed it, but there's always exceptions. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like there's the the case where it's like, yeah, it's totally grindy. It's I don't need to explain a skill, but once I do this five times, I will get to go to the next part of the game. Yeah. And that's still a grind, but it's actually part of the normal progression rather than just like upping a level which you don't need to do right right well i think that you can and that's that's 
that's kind of where I'm landing with this idea of grind, which is it's a dynamic and you can put it in the game for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think at this point, you know, this is the point of the conversation where it's sometimes helpful to look at different examples. Mm -hmm. So I'll talk about a couple of mine. So like um, there, there are a couple games that I've played that really felt grindy and had grind in them and felt grindy. Yeah. And there are a couple games that I wanted to bring up that had grind and didn't feel grindy. And there's actually one that I'm still playing that fits in both categories, (laughs) (laughs) which is perfect. So for me, Warframe is a game. Ah, that that, game is super grindy. Oh my goodness. Exactly. And lots (laughs) of people say that, right? And some people find that really, really fun. Mm -hmm. I personally didn't. I think it's partly because I didn't have a really great core group of people to play with. Mm -hmm. I had like, my husband and a couple other friends and they had more time to spend on it than I did. And so they quickly ground me out. I don't know. They got cooler <laughs> stuff than I did. Out, yeah. Than I did. Yeah. Outground. Outground. They got cooler stuff faster yeah. yes. in real time yes. than I did. And so that felt bad. So I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so although Warframe, Warframe is cool, I like the game. I like the whole, like, as a concept, I like the character, like, the, the Warframes are cool, mm-hmm. and you look cool, and mm-hmm. you can move in lots of different ways, <laughs> but man, it is grindy, and it felt grindy, and it felt bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, and that's a personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's a debate whether that, that that game has grind mechanics in it, right? It's got a grind dynamic yeah. for sure. The other one, and this is the one that I've been playing and talking about on the show a little bit, is Pokemon Quest. Ah. Um, and it has definitely reached a point where I'm grinding. Mm-hmm. And that is because I'm like, I think right, I think I'm right at the end of the main game where there's this final boss. Spoiler alert, it's Mewtwo. <gasps> <laughs> always Mewtwo. It's always Mewtwo. Um, yeah. Sometimes Gary comes back after Mewtwo. Yeah. Fight you again. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, who? That's rare. Okay, I'm just gonna... We'll do, we'll do Pokemon Part 2 another okay, okay, day. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Mark learns Pokemon Part 2. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, right, so it's the grindy part of the game, and up to this point, uh, I have been able to just kind of like beat the levels and get the power stones and upgrade my Pokemon just kind of as on this, it, everything kind of progressed at the same, mm-hmm. same level. I was just playing the game. I was in the flow yeah. and everything. I just was able to keep pace with my leveling up and my powering up just by playing through the game. But now um, I am at this point where I'm going back to previous levels just to level up my core team and get more power stones and get more levels on my guys and build more Pokemon soup. So I can attract more Pokemon and then sacrifice those Pokemon to level up my main Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Right. So there are all these grindy loops that are happening just so I can get enough power to beat Mewtwo. And the thing is, is that I already have gone up against Mewtwo enough that I know the strategy that will work. It's just I need my guys to hit harder and have yeah. more HP. Yeah. That's it. It's not a skill thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just a stats thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that feels grindy to me. And it sometimes feels a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Um. But also, like, it felt really annoying at first. And then as I started doing it more, I was like, it's going to feel really good when I finally beat Mewtwo. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it's going to feel really good. And that brings me to the, you know, talking about games that um, maybe have those dynamics but don't feel grindy. However, before we flip that coin to the other side, I want to hear from you about games that you've tried that had dr- grind dynamics and felt grindy. Like, Talk a little bit about what felt grindy about okay, that. Well, here's where I out myself as a um, <laughs> Fortnite player. 
It's okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you too, Holly. I know. Because <laughs> you called me out. Just yeah. A good like sidebar story is that yeah. um, people and my my partner, people in her circle know your brother, who are now outing as well. <laughs> Charles. Yes. And and my she'll she'll be like. Oh, we play, and then she was. She'll say we play Fortnite together, and then she'll stop, and she'll not want to out Charles as a Fortnite player, like in public, and she'll just be like, "We play games <laughs> a lot, like cool, like indies, uh-huh. um, yep. real trendy. You wouldn't have heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> games uh-huh. that we play together. Yeah, <laughs> it's like contentious, and it shouldn't be. It's a fun it, game. Yeah, I know. Um, Go anyways, ahead. Fortnite has this. Like this, especially in this new season, they have this. Basically, you gain XP and you can go up levels and you get new stuff with these levels. The new season has it so like you get stars and you can purchase specific things you want to like get. Like, and all of these things are skins; they're all cosmetic. Yeah, they don't in fact gameplay at all. But I'm still. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, I don't know enough about playing Fortnite. Yeah. I only know about the business of Fortnite. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. But like, I don't know about pl- about playing it. But it it seems to me that as a battle royale, you would want nothing that impacts. The player right. ability, yeah, right? yeah, that would break the game. Yeah, yeah. but like, there are other, there are other games that do out. that. But yeah. I, I would right. assume Fortnite wouldn't. It does not. Don't. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so I've been, you know, playing this game because I really want this character. Her name is Doctor Sloan. She's the best character they've ever implemented into this game. She's <laughs> truly amazing. She is truly amazing, and I want the skin so bad. <laughs> it's quite far along. Yeah. If it was, can and, you pay for this skin? Yeah, you could, you could, but no, okay. you can also get it for free. Well, yeah, free-ish. well, yes, and that's why I'm doing this uh-huh. stupid thing is because I want the skin, but I don't want to pay. I have to earn it. Uh, yeah. earning it does we not mean spending twenty five dollars. Ten dollars, twenty five dollars. I don't know if it's twenty five dollars. Okay, it's an amount of money. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, well, they price everything in funny bucks, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. V bucks. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, normally in the. Pro- Normally, as in the last few seasons, I don't know how long back this goes. I'm a recent Fortnite convert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like in the arc of the season, you just kind of unlock one thing at a time. So you get some V-Bucks, you get a wallpaper, you get a weapon skin, and then you get usually at the end of that block is a character skin. And then it's resets. And Sloan is pretty far along in the... In like you would be playing for quite a long time before you got to Sloan. Yeah. But this um this season's mixed it up a little bit that you can kind of pick how you advance. Yeah. Um, but it's still <laughs> uh it's it makes it it doesn't make it super easy. No, it does not. Yeah. Um which is why we're doing a lot of the same things. Right. And so like with, with Fortnite, a lot of it is like you play the regular game where you drop on an island and you get killed by a bunch of people a mm-hmm. bunch of 12 year olds and you do it again and yeah. again um <laughs> they are that's the gameplay 12. loop is just get killed by 12 year olds yeah. yeah never turn on voice chat if you want you don't want to, you don't no. want to actually have it confirmed how young yeah <laughs> the people own you are <laughs> right but that that game feels grinding because like other than like some of the the, the um mini game not mini games mi- quests i guess that mm-hmm. you can do um missions that you can do, like those give you extra XP, and that's my only goal really at this moment is to get XP. Yeah. Um. Other than that, like you just like have to you just play the game and hopefully you win and then you get a little bit more XP than you would if you didn't win. Mm-hmm. But um, it you know you you just keep doing that. So what keeps me coming back to that game is this the social aspect of it. Really, I started playing Fortnite because Charles was playing it so much, and I was like, what the heck, Charles? I want to play games. So I started playing it. So this is his fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, like most things. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. 
all comes back to he'll Charles. come back he'll come back in 10 episodes and say no it's not um <laughs> we'll put that on the calendar <laughs> right defend yourself we, we know you're talking charles <laughs> we'll have you anytime <laughs> um but yeah like the the social aspect me playing it with other people i don't play fortnite by myself because like i just I it's boring play. yeah <laughs> i don't find any enjoyment in that so i just um i guess the the the, the yeah the enjoyment i get for like getting closer and closer to getting the skin and stuff is not enough to counteract the boringness of playing by myself. So I, if I play with other people, then I can do it. And then I force them to do these quests for me or with me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes for me. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes teams can contribute to one quest. Yes. <laughs> um, and so that is the aspect, I guess, that like gets me through it. Yeah. Not the grindiness of yeah, it. Yeah, but it is grindy for it sure. Is. Well, um, and it's interesting the way you describe it because, like, the the thing that makes it grindy in this case, the 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 thing that makes it grindy in this case is the goal that you have chosen for yourself, right? Yes. This in game goal. Yeah. And you're not actually like you're not mindfully focusing on improving your skill no. as you're playing. You are making that Definitely bar go up. Not. Yes. <laughs> and that bar will go up mm-hmm. no matter whether you win or lose. Yep. And so it's not really challenge. Yeah. It's just you're putting in some time and you're doing the loop to make the bar go up. Yes. Uh, and that's what makes it grindy. Whereas someone who is like really wanted to beat those twelve year olds, yeah, um, <laughs> and they'll be better than them one day, right? <laughs> right. Holly might want to. Uh, <laughs> she'd be more mindfully practicing her skills in the game, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and so she wouldn't care so much about the XP bar, or maybe she would. I don't know. Play Fortnite. Um, apparently, I'm the only one at this table. I think Mark's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, secret Fortnite. Right, You're I, trying I, to keep it a secret. I'm protesting too much. Isn't <laughs> exactly. I'm on him. Fortnite. What's that? <laughs> Look carefully for the signs, listeners. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like you'd be more focused on like your actual gameplay, and you'd be thinking about like how did that match go, and you know what could I have done differently there. And that doesn't really sound like the experience you're having, Stephen. Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah. That's how my brother plays. Yeah. yeah, he uh-huh. like didn't know how to open match stats until very recently. <laughs> and then I did. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want that information. Uh, <laughs> Close. Yeah. He doesn't pay attention to the XP bar at all or any of the missions. He's just yeah. interested in getting better at the game. Yeah. I'm like, why? But <laughs> just so you can carry our team yeah. as we all try to get yeah. better skins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be better than those 12 year olds. Right. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that the game uh, offers a path that where you can just ignore the grindy parts. Yeah. Or like you don't have to let that influence how you enjoy it or play it. Because mm. I bounce off of that stuff very quickly. Like yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. against grind in games and certainly like I don't mind. I, I think repetitive actions are perfectly like that can calm you. That doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. Yeah. Like as a designer, I'm not frustrated by that their existence. Yes. But I have, it takes a rare one for me to like not immediately like see through it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're just rewarding engagement. You just want me to play a little longer. Or it's like, or sometimes I'll be, re- I'll play a game, I'll be rewarded with like a, a skin or something like that that I'm not interested in, and that alone, even though I wasn't going for it, will just turn me off the whole game. Mm. I'll be like, oh, that's how this, that's why, that's how you think I should be engaging. Yeah. Oh, I'm not on the level you're on. <laughs> yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. so it's interesting that Fortnite lets you kind of like choose. Yeah. Right. It doesn't like like Charles can leave that part alone. I mean, I'm kind of giving it a lot of credit here. I don't know how much to, but it sounds like you can. It, it doesn't. It's not in your face if you don't want it to be. Yeah, you can. Like, yeah. I opted in because I spent money to buy this yeah. battle pass. <laughs> I'm an addict. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would, um, 
I was thinking of a game whose grinding felt really irritating to me, um, and it's the Borderlands series. Ah. Okay. I haven't played that much of three. That's um, circling back to ethical oh, game yeah, consumption. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to play a game, but you don't want to give them that much profits, wait till it's like 75% off. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> three years later and be like, oh, now I get to do it and I don't get to feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the at least Borderlands 2, and I don't really remember the first one that much. There's like pretty much every time you'd work through an environment and beat a boss, then a bunch of side quests would unlock that would have you work through that environment again. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm ready to move on now. I want to do something else. And um, they did like y- you'd get new dialogue and get to listen to new things. And the writing in Fortnite, Fortnite oh. and <laughs> the writing in Borderlands is, has always been pretty solid, but it wasn't enough to make it not feel like yeah. I was just replaying in the same area, killing the same enemies and a lot of open world games like that a lot of ubisoft games like I, assassin's creed games as they went on they got the worlds became more complicated and rich and populated yeah and i liked them less and less mm. like i kind of just wanted to go through them once collect the five things yeah do and th- do the th- same three missions over and over like side missions and then be done with that section i didn't yeah. i don't want then like at a certain story point suddenly like you can go back and there's 12 more things and there's like way more and i'm like i don't want i don't want any of that i like I don't want the game to be more, <laughs> more detailed or rich yeah. or engaging. Yeah, I just yeah. want to like move on. It almost feels like, way. um, I mean, it, it, it if you have a have not, if you have a limited budget, like, but a lot of time, or even even just a limited budget, if you like, you can buy, you can buy one game. Yeah, and that one like sixty dollar title is going to be what you play for six months. That's yeah, that's the then, point of those. then it then it makes yeah, yeah. It, well, like you Assassin's get Creed more games could like consume your life, and that's right. I mean, that's consumer friendly. That's yeah, my you get dad. more out of it. But if you're like me and you're just kind of like zipping through every game that's on sale, yeah, um, then it it's like don't make me play this part again. Right, yeah. right. I just want to get to the end, <laughs> and that's that's really interesting and maybe a good point to flip that coin over because like I think what really can make grind work as a dynamic is when it's actually kind of optional yeah so like the games that we're describing are ones where um more or less like what seems to work well is if you have a grind that's an option but then you also have ways that you can like not do it so much so like and maybe some of these ways of skipping that grind are harmful or not what you want as a designer i'm not sure but like mm-hmm. you can potentially just pay for the skin and get it and you don't write it now of course then you're missing out on that feeling of achievement of having you know put in the time yeah. um the pokemon quest game that i have like you can buy packs to give you stuff but they also give you like tickets that you can spend to get decorations that help you progress faster <laughs> so it doesn't let you <laughs> skip the grind it just lets you speed it up okay yeah um yeah, it's complicated when I said it out loud. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. We, don't, we can't go back to Holly's topic. We, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a rich vein to be mined here. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like, um, Crypt of the Necrodancer was one for me. Like, that's a roguelike. Mm-hmm. It's also dancing. And <laughs> it's a roguelike, right? Like, the whole thing is grind. You are yeah. doing the same game over yes. and over again. Yeah. But you are, the, the thing that's fun about it is that you can alter the game world a little bit each time through both yeah. in terms of you getting you know the a better chance of getting better gear but also like you can remove bad gear from the pool so you're getting better gear and you kind of you know it's a feedback loop mm-hmm. um and that didn't feel grindy to me at all possibly because i thought the soundtrack was so awesome that's yeah. a big part of it that makes me think of like i mean any roguelike or rogue light or dungeon crawler mm-hmm. like yeah you get your good soundtrack you get i mean the example that everyone's been using for any 
good game for like a year now has been Hades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you're doing the same thing over and over, but you're unlocking like more interesting writing. You're like, you're meeting new characters. It like mm-hmm. the game ends, and I I think was among many people who was like no, and then they kind of like opened up the like infinite grind that you could be on. I was like, oh good. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> a goodness. game where the grind is essentially required. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It because in order to get good enough to make it you know, all the way. Yeah. Uh, you do have to, you might want to do a couple of runs just to build up. Yeah. And I think that's maybe, Ellen, I would disagree with you. I think the way that grind works best is when it's core to the gameplay hmm. because then there's, then there's a purpose to it. And, and, and maybe it's just because of the way I bounce off of games that have grind that I don't need to do because I'm like, I see through it and it's, and yeah. it's like, I can beat the game at level four. I don't need to get to level 16. Um, you know, maybe it'll be a little harder, but like that's kind of what I want, like or, or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I kind of would rather a game, um, and I didn't love Hades. Like I like I like a lot of its design, but as a player, I wasn't super into it. Sure. Gasp. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I I like the way that it it approaches grind, which is it makes it core to the experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and and ultimately, maybe all it really is 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 fun. Like if the grind yeah. is fun, who yeah. cares about anything else that it is? Right, yeah. right. It's your, it's your Stardew Valley's. It's your yeah yeah. I think there's something like I mean this is this isn't your topic necessarily, but it's a very like psychological itch that it's scratching of like you're you're tackling a to do list and also it, it's like the only place where like a meritocracy is real. Like if I work <laughs> hard enough, I will get to a goal and that's yeah. great. Yeah, and like that's yeah. not something that's reflected in your nine to five probably. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's an an honest day's uh you know right. XP for an honest day's work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I might have spoken because I don't I don't intend to like have an opinion or make a statement or a thesis that this hard enough grind is good and you should use it this way. You know, but the- it is easy. It is easy to pick a thing and then talk and then and then talk about why that's the best way to do it and then pick another way it does and talk about why that because it is. It isn't. Yeah, it's, it's easy to super dis- subjective. Yeah, I think so. It's it's really subjective. And the only like the main reason that I wanted to talk about this was, as I said at the beginning, you know, to understand my reaction to it a little bit more as a player, and this has helped. Um, but you know, also to think about it from a designer perspective, like there's just lots of ways you can use it. But what I've taken away from this is, if it's not, it just has to make it has to be a meaningful grind, I guess. And, and for me, grinding out of Grinding out a new skin is not, I don't care enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of your players won't. So you got to get think about that. Like, who I, are your I players? I thought I was that person too, but. Yeah. But then you should really like it. <laughs> well, it's why you define meaning, right? Ellen doesn't yeah. find it meaningful probably because you can buy it. And so therefore, there is no real accomplishment if you can just buy it. Yeah. Whereas Steven, you think it's, a, it's an achievement because then you don't have to buy it. Yeah. Right. And it's like those are both correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. If I'm d- accurately uh, describing each of your feelings about it. Yeah. I, 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 I recognize that like games where I enjoy that kind of grind is like where the grinding is like. um, Like I'm playing the game in spite of the grind or mm-hmm. like like I was talking about with Fortnite, like I play that because of the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like Neo and Neo 2. I play that game because I really like the, the gameplay mechanics. So I will keep playing that game, even yeah. though like the weapons you get are just more powerful weapons of the same thing you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy the game enough to continue to play it. Um, even past the point where like, I've gotten all the levels done and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
it, it, I guess it, it varies for everyone. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's just, you know, what do you want and what do you want your range of players to be? I will never, I, I will never play a game if it feels like a chore. Yeah. yeah. If, I, if it starts feeling like a chore, I will be done. Yeah. Um, whereas my husband was like, oh, hey, it's this time of day. It's time for me to do my dailies. Like he <laughs> yeah. like works it into his schedule and yeah. it's this thing that he likes and he likes doing it and I don't understand it and that's that's fine. Um, and that comes through not only in like his MMO playing, but like when he plays uh, like RPGs on the highest difficulty, you know, like his experience of Ma- the Mass Effect trilogy is different than mine because I didn't. I played it on normal mm-hmm. and I had a good time. I didn't really do much grinding because, you know, if I wanted to complete a quest all the way to the end, then I would do that. But it didn't feel like a grind because it was meaningful every step of the way. Whereas for him, like, I'm pretty sure he did get to points in the game where he had to grind both to get better gear and to improve his skill so he could progress Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. for the particular build that he created for, you know, his heroic run through of the game. Um, And because he wanted that extra difficulty, that choice also came with more grind. Um, right, right. But it was meaningful. But it was meaningful to him. And, I, he, and he had some agency in choosing it. So it's kind of both. Yeah. In a, in a sense. Yeah. 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 That's, um, I started <laughs> out of really nowhere this weekend. I started replaying Moonlighter, um, oh, okay. which I beat ages ago. Actually, no, that's not right. I never beat the final boss um, mm-hmm. ah. because it was it was just too hard. Mm. Um, and I played it before I realized this this time I played it before on the recommended difficulty, which is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time I play on normal and it's, it's been nice to go back. Cause there's that, that first time I was really, I mean, I love the loop and I was really excited about the grind and it didn't matter how often I went to each dungeon and like came back and sold all my wares. So I was like, I love it. <laughs> like I could be doing this for days. And now it's nice that I happened to reapproach it, knock down the difficulty. And now I'm going to be able to beat it in a weekend and actually beat it this time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, which is, it's nice that, yeah, that the grind, became less like grinding the game and now more like grinding optional yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. interesting interesting things to think about when it comes to grind but i feel i don't know thank you all because i feel like i understand what i like about grinding as a player and what i don't like about grinding as a player Mm -hmm. more than i did half an hour ago I'm going to be overthinking it all the time, being like, can I add, <laughs> can, can I add a one minute speech to the end of this episode? No, Holly, it was posted two years ago. <laughs> like, oh, but I have, I have feelings about grind now. Just tweet at us. Start with, to whom it may concern. <laughs> <laughs> to your boss's boss's boss. That's our show. Check out our website, nicegames.club, for show notes and links to resources on today's topics. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and on our programming in general. Go to nicegames.club feedback and tell us what you think. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and potential job opportunities. Or you can email us through contact at nicegames.club. Want to support the show? There are so many ways. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about your favorite episodes. Join us on Discord by visiting nicegames.club Discord. As a patron of the show, you'll get to enjoy bonus content, extra jokes, and more. Sign up at patreon.com slash nicegamesclub. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice.
I can't help you. I, I've taken the week off. <laughs>